right, all right, guys. Hey, um, man, uh, man, I, I was telling Ricky and John on the way up here, I think that was one of the, if not the best worship set we've ever had in five years. That was awesome. That was awesome. That's so good, man. That's so good. I just believe God is in this place today. And uh, tell me another church in the world that had a worship leader on stage this morning with a taser and a gun and pepper spray and walkie-talkies for backup. Dude, this church has everything. I love this church. I feel, I feel so secure because the Lord is here. And I'm confident that John Holbrook is not the only one with a fire weapon in the place today. So let's, uh, so yeah, there's that, all right? Hey, let's, uh, man, I wanna pray this morning. I uh, wanna pray that God would help me uh, this morning, help you and God speak. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that, uh, Jesus, your word is true. God, your word is alive. It's living, it's active. And God, you are here in this place. God, I believe it. I believe that you've got something for us today. And I pray that you would uh, just get us ready. Speak to us in a way that, God, maybe we've never heard. Um, God, remind us of your goodness today. And I pray that today, God, would, um, that a lot of people would leave challenged, encouraged, uh, strengthened, uh, and uh, with a new, new, uh, new level of faith today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, hey, how many of you have friends that, uh, in that little circle of friends, group of friends, like you have uh, jokes that only that group understands, things that only that group of people understand? Do you guys have anybody like that in your life? You know, like, like nobody else would understand it, but you know, that person or that group would. Look at that. A lot of, a lot of hands are going up. Uh, Christians are just like that, right? Like that circle of friends, you guys might have your own insider language. Well, how many people know Christians have an insider language. Do you know what I mean? And what I mean is things that, things that we can say in church, maybe you got a church background or whatever, things that we could say in church that, that maybe you understand, maybe you've heard, but if you don't have a church background, maybe it's something that you've never heard before. And what, ha- what can happen a lot of times is because maybe you're in a church environment for so long, you can just assume everybody knows those words, everybody thinks this way, everybody knows what it means, but then the person next to you, they haven't been in church ever or in years, they're hearing that for the first time and it's new and you get it, but they don't. It's, it's, it's insider language, you know? So, so like maybe you got a church background and you've, you've heard the phrase washed in the blood. Have you ever heard that phrase washed in the blood? You've heard that. Look at that. Almost every hand, but not every hand went up. You know, washed in the blood, that's a really churchy way of saying, uh, are you forgiven by God? Has God forgiven you for your sins? It's this idea that Jesus washes our sins away by his blood. So, you know, uh, you don't hear that a lot around here, but, you know, in church, you know, I was, churches I've been in, brother, are you washed in the blood, you know? And um, you walk up to the normal guy at Walmart, you ask him if, he's, if, you, if uh, he's washed in the blood, he might think you're a serial killer, Right? It's just an insider language. Today we're going to talk about a word that is insider language, okay? And that word is fruit. You know, we could, uh, even people that, maybe you've got church background, that, that word, you, you've heard that word, you think you know what that means. You know, a lot of Christians uh, maybe even hear that word. Maybe they even use it in a sentence, like I'm going to use it some, at some point this morning. Is your life bearing fruit? Maybe you've heard that, but maybe you're a Christian, you've heard it, you don't really know, you don't really know if you know what it means, Maybe you've never heard that before. Well, well, the good crowd, good sized crowd here this morning. Here's where I know that we can all land and agree on. I bet that every person in this room, you want your life to matter, don't you? 
You want your life to count so that when you get to the end of your life, your life just keeps going. The ripple effect of your life continues long after you're gone because you gave your life to something bigger than yourself. Well, that is exactly what Jesus invites us to when he talks about Fruit, And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up to the passage we've been in every week, and we will be every week in this series, John 15. So go ahead and turn on your Bibles on your phone. If you've got them, open them up in your uh, copy of the Word of God. John 15, verses 1 through 11. We're reading these verses every single part of this series. And so here we go, John 15, 1 through 11. 11. Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, hey, stop right there, stop right there. He's about to say it. Count how many times Jesus uses the word fruit, okay? In the verses we're, we're going to read, all 11 verses, count how many times you see the word fruit. Here we go. Start verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Let's all read this together. We're all memorizing verse 5, right? I said I butchered it on stage last week if you were here. It was embarrassing, all right? Verse 5, let's read it all together. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Here's verse 11. Here's verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that, you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I got six. I got six. I got six times in 11 verses that Jesus <clears throat> excuse me, uses the word fruit. Now, now, Bible College Seminary and in everything, they, everything I've done that ever taught me how to study the Bible, understand the Bible, one of the very first rules is this. When you read a passage of, the script, when you read a passage of Scripture, if there's an idea or a word that's emphasized over and over and over and over, then God really wants to speak to you about that word or idea. Okay? The only other word in this passage that, out, that, that, that is there more than fruit is the word abide. And that's what our whole series is about, right? We're discovering how to abide in Jesus, how to become more aware of his presence, how to put him more and more at the center of our life. Well, after that word abide, Jesus uses the word fruit. So what is fruit? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Fruit is simply this. Fruit is the byproduct of being connected to Jesus. You remember that Jesus says that our relationship with him, uh, it looks like a vine and a branch. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. So when Jesus uses the word fruit, what he means is that he's the vine. If we are connected to him, there is going to be fruit that comes out of my life. If I am connected to Jesus, if Jesus is in here, then he is going to come out of my life. Are you tracking if Jesus is inside of me, there is going to be a change in my life. If he's the vine, I'm the branch, I'm connected to him, there will be fruit. Think of it this way. Think of an apple tree, 
Okay? Now, pop quiz. You didn't know I was going to ask this. This is something you didn't study for, but I'm just confident you guys are very smart. You can handle this pop quiz. What kind of fruit grows on an apple tree? Some of you looked at your neighbor. Some of you just did that. I said, what kind of fruit goes from an apple tree? You, Bananas? No. Apples. Apples. Grow. A, a healthy a branch on a healthy apple tree, that branch, it will produce, there will, there will be apples on that branch. Well, it's the same kind of idea coming from this. It's the same kind of idea that Jesus is talking about when Jesus uses the word fruit. What he means is the change that God does inside of my life will come out of my life. What God does inside will come outside. Fruit is the natural byproduct of being connected to Jesus. See, the Bible so wants you and I to understand what fruit is. There's actually some places in the Bible where it gives us a list of examples. Look at these, uh, look at these here on your screen. Galatians 5.22 uh, through 23 is a really famous passage of Scripture. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit means that if the Holy Spirit's in you, listen, none of those things and none of these things we're going to read are in every believer perfectly. But man, if the Holy Spirit's inside of you, the idea is that more and more these things ought to be there. There ought to be a desire for these things. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. Uh, another, another example of fruit is what the Bible calls spiritual gifts. Every Christian has spiritual gifts that God has given you, and he wants you to use those gifts to make a difference in the world. So here's some examples of spiritual gifts. Prophecy in Romans 12, prophecy. And prophecy in the Bible isn't really telling the future. It's really preaching. It's really telling the truth of God. So really what I'm doing right now, but prophecy, serving, teaching, leadership, generosity, Mercy, 1 Corinthians 12 is another uh, list of fruits of, of uh, spiritual gifts. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, discernment, tongues. Ay, 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 tongues, whoa! Um, grab a tambourine. And so, so, those, so again, so no believer, no one person has all of these things perfectly all the time. But listen, if you are connected to Jesus, there is going to be a change in your life. Something is going to come out. And the only explanation for that is Jesus is doing that in your life. See, fruit, fruit is the evidence that there is a supernatural power under the hood in my life. And the more I abide in Jesus, the closer I get to him, the more I'll produce fruit. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Say yes if it does, no if it doesn't. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Let me show you why it's a big deal. Look at verse 8. If we can bring verse 8 back up on the screen, I don't know if we can, so look at it on your Bible here. Verse 8 in chapter 15, it says this. By this my Father is glorified. Watch this next phrase. This next phrase is key. Don't you dare miss this next phrase. Watch this. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Let me say that one more time. There it is. Awesome. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. The proof that you are a disciple, the proof that you are a Christian is fruit. Look at this picture here up on the screen. Look at this picture here. 
Look at this. One of those bills is real. The other one is counterfeit. And I'll just tell you, I have no idea which one's real and which one's not. I just found that on Google. Okay? Right? But, but one of those is real. One of those is not. Who thinks they can know the, tell the difference? No one. Okay, there we go, there we go. About three or four hands just now went up. See, there are people in this room right now, some of you are trained to know the difference. Maybe, you've, maybe you work in retail and you've been trained to know the difference between a real you know, $100 bill, real money, fake money, counterfeit money. Maybe you're police officers here. You've been trained to know the difference. Listen, if you walked up to me right now and you gave me a real $100 bill and a, and a, and a fake $100 bill, I'll just walk away with both and go, woohoo, because I don't know. Right? Probably spent a couple years in jail. Right? Start a prison ministry from the inside. I don't know. But I, I, I don't know the difference. I don't know how you can tell which one's real and which one's not. Hey, let me ask you a question. How can you tell if someone's really a Christian? How can you tell if someone is really a Christian? You ever thought of that? See, I can't look at anybody and you can't look at anybody and I can't give you a stamp of approval. Yeah, you're saved, bro. You're not. There's no hope. Nobody can do that. Nobody can do that. I can't, I can't, I'm not the ultimate judge. I can't do that. But have you ever wondered, hey, I wonder how I can know if I'm really saved. I wonder how you can tell if somebody is really a believer. I ask people this all the time. Hey, are you a Christian? And 99.9% of people say yes. 99.9% of people, when I ask them if they're a Christian, they say yes. And I know that most people say yes, so I always ask a follow-up. I always say, well, tell me a little bit about it. Tell me a little bit about how you got saved, what it means that you're a Christian. And, and here is, here, here's what I hear. Well, I grew up in church. I've always been a Christian. I grew up in church. I've always been a Christian. And listen, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. You're not born this way, okay? You're not born a Christian, right? Well, my mom and dad, they just made me go to church. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, 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 uh, you know, when, when, I was, when I was a teenager... I went to church one time, and I got saved. When I was a teenager, I went to church once, and I got saved. Well, the problem is, you're 40 now. And you're going to base your whole eternity on something you did when you were 13, and now you're 40? That's just like saying, yeah, I work out. When's the last time you went to the gym? Three years ago. Right? Are you a Christian? Yeah, I got baptized once. I'll never forget, I spent a lot of years doing youth ministry, uh, and I'll never forget one time uh, I, was, I was at a school, I used to do a lot of stuff uh, as a youth pastor up near Louisville, and um, I, was at, I was at this uh, middle school where I did all kinds of stuff with students, and there was a sixth grade girl, sixth grade girl walking around, and she didn't go to my church, I had no idea who the girl was, but she had one of those, uh, she had one of those binders with the clear, uh, clear pocket in the front, you could put a picture in the front, we used to call those trapper keepers, anybody remember trapper keepers, they were awesome, I just like saying it, trapper keeper, um, and, and she had in the front, oh, this is a true story, she had in the front of her binder, in that, in that little pocket, she had her baptism certificate that she got from her church when she got baptized, and I didn't know this girl, she was in sixth grade, so I figured if she wanted to start a fight, I could totally take her. And um, so I said, what, what is that? Tell me about it. What you got there? And she said, that's my baptism certificate. And I said, well, you know what? Uh, that, I, I don't really see a lot of kids with their baptism certificate in there. Uh, why do you have that in there? This is exactly what she said to me. So that I can know that I'm a Christian. Like she's going to get to heaven, you know, like flash the ID. Boom! Let me in. Trapper keeper and everything. Right here. Right? Jesus doesn't say any of those things, does he? Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with believing in God. But did you know that you can believe in God and not be a Christian? 
Did you know that? You can believe that God's real. You can believe that Jesus really is who he says he is and not be saved. You can go to church. You can go to church your entire life. Your mom and dad made you go. You just started liking the environment. You picked up the language. You liked the music. You liked hanging out with everybody. And you just kind of like growing up in church. And you can go to church your entire life and not be a Christian. You really can. You really can. You can be baptized and not be saved. Listen, Summit, you have no idea how many people have been baptized on this stage because they came to me and they said, Mark, I need to be baptized because I got baptized once and I only did it because my parents wanted me to. My friends were doing it. I felt pressured to do it. But Mark, this time I know that I'm really a Christian. I need to get baptized. See, there's nothing, and listen, there's nothing wrong with praying a prayer at 13. Your Christian life begins with a prayer of confession and faith. But listen to me, your Christian life begins with a prayer, but it won't stay there. Okay? Jesus says, fruit is the proof that you are my disciples. So Jesus is removing from the table this idea that you can be a Christian in name only. Jesus is totally removing the option from any one of us, the idea that I can say that I'm a Christian and yet he makes no difference in my life at all. No, Jesus says, if you know me, there will be fruit in your life. Think about it this way. Did you know that we don't have on record at all Jesus ever asking anybody, do you want to go to heaven? Did you know that? In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels, everything we have about Jesus, we, we never have a time where Jesus walks up to somebody and says, do you want to go to heaven? Do you know why Jesus never asked anybody that? Because everybody, except for the members of ACDC, want to go to heaven. Everybody does, Right? Everybody wants to go to heaven. I'll never forget when I was a pastor in western Kentucky, this guy came into my office one day, and I didn't even know if he went to our church or anything like that. He had some problems in his life, just was looking for somebody to talk to, so he walked into my office one day. He's talking to me about his marriage. He's talking to me about all kinds of different things, and he's there for about 10 minutes, and I didn't know the guy, so I asked him. I said, hey, let me ask you one question. Are you a Christian? He said, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally a Christian. And so I said, you know what? A Christian is somebody that wants to follow Jesus. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, follow him. So, so you said you're a Christian, so you want to follow Jesus? You want to live for him? He thought about it for two seconds and then looked at me and said, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to go to heaven. See, Jesus never said, hey, you want to go to heaven? Instead, Jesus, every time he ever invited anybody to have a relationship with him, he only used two words, follow me. Do you know why I use that? Because Jesus knows that you and I become like the people we follow, Right? That's exactly why a lot of people are carbon copies of their friends at school. They're carbon copies of their friends at work. They're carbon copies of a celebrity or an athlete. We become like the people we follow. Listen, you cannot follow, you can't come to Jesus and stay the same. If, if Jesus, if you've met Jesus, follow me. Listen to me, listen to me right now. Follow me does not mean perfection, but it does mean a new direction. Did you get that? See, some of you might be thinking, oh man, listen, Mark, I struggle so bad. I struggle so bad. Listen, the point isn't that, the point isn't don't struggle. We all struggle. Listen, we can be forgiven and we're sinners at the same time. The point isn't perfection. My question is what direction are you going in? It might feel like your relationship with Jesus is at a full-blown sprint. I mean, you might feel like Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon in hyperdrive. You didn't think, somebody asked me this morning, is there a Star Wars reference? There it was. There it was. 
Man, you might feel like you're running and gunning with Jesus, or you might feel like you are barely at a crawl. What matters is the direction you're going in. That's what matters. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Let's take a test. Is there anything in your life right now that would show that you are connected to Jesus? Is there anything in your life right now and the only explanation you have for it is that God is doing that in you? Is there any fruit in your life? Man, I want to be so careful here because I, I prayed this morning. I've been praying, honestly, all week. I don't want anybody to leave here that's genuinely a Christian and you leave today thinking you're not. I don't want to take away anybody's assurance, but on the flip side of that coin, I don't want to give assurance to somebody who shouldn't have any. Say, so Mark, what should I look for? Mark, what, what kind of fruit should I look for? Well, I think Jesus answered that when Jesus was asked, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the law? If you could sum up Christianity, if you could sum up the Bible in, in, a, in a phrase, if you could sum up everything, Jesus, what would you say? Think about what he could have done. Think of how complicated he could have made it. Instead, here's all he says. Love God and love people. So, so let me, do you love God? Do you want to know him more? Do, do, you, do you want to walk closer with him? Do you want more of him in your life? See, that's, a dire, that's direction. That's direction questions. You see what I'm doing here? That's direction. I'm going that way. Do you hate sin? Do, do you look at your life? Man, I wish I didn't struggle with this the way that I do. I wish this was out because this gets in the way of me knowing God. Listen, when you sin, here's a churchy word, I'll unpack it. When you sin, are you convicted about it? Convicted all of a sudden, maybe, maybe it's this. Mark, I used to feel fine doing this. This used to not bother me at all. Now every time I do it, it bothers me. I feel horrible because I know I'm sinning against God. Is that happening? Do you want to read this just to know him, not because, you, not because you feel bad if you don't? Do you want to pray? It's because you're talking to God. I just love to talk to my wife. I, just love, I love to talk to my kids. But do you love to talk to God? Did you want to you come to church because you want to get with God's people, you want to worship God, you want to sing to, sing to God, you want to you know God more, you just wanted to get with God's people. Do you love God? Do you love people? Do you want to serve people and meet their needs in Jesus' name? Do you want other people to experience what you have experienced or do you not have any time for that thing? I... I just want to go to heaven. No. See, I'm talking about this morning. Man, you can feel it in the room. 
You guys are in. This is good. I'm talking about God supernaturally building new character in your life, new desires in your life, new motivation in your life, a new direction in your life. Is that happening? And if it is, praise God for it. Like literally, that does, I'm not saying churchy. Well, praise God, literally. You need to stop right now listening to me and just say, God, thank you that you are, that you're at work in me. Thank you that spiritually I am alive. Thank you that you have saved me and you are working on, you need to thank God for it. Yeah, I mean, really, you need to thank God for it. You need to thank God that there is spiritual life inside of you. Because listen, that is God at work. See, man, I'm not perfect, but I just want to know him more. Well, praise God, that's God. Say, I want more fruit. <laughs> the desire for fruit is fruit. <laughs> it is. And if you are sitting there, and for the very first time, it has come to you, I am not a Christian. You believe in God, you go to church, and you know all these things, but you are not a Christian. It doesn't matter if you are 80 years old and you are just realizing that today. If that is you, then today you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. See, this is such a big deal because we live in the Bible Belt. Where church is just part of culture. Jesus is just part of culture here. And you need to know that you cannot inherit Jesus. You are not born a Christian. You come to a point where you realize you need him and you surrender. You give your life to him. If you are not a Christian, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, don't let anything keep you from it today. Don't let anything keep you from it today. Because listen, 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 listen. Summit, God wants our lives to bear fruit. I mean, that's why Jesus says it over and over. I want you to bear fruit. I want your life to be fruitful. Listen, if you're sitting there and you're realizing, oh man, I see God at work in my life. I've got those desires. I'm going in that direction. Listen, I see fruit. Well, you know what? You should want more fruit. You see God using you? You should want God to use you more. We should want more fruit in our lives. Not satisfied with the level where we're at, but we want more fruit in our lives. Say, Mark, how can I get more fruit in my life? How can there be more fruit from God in my life? How can God change me more? How can I know him more? How can I love him more? How can I be like Jesus more? How can I be used to make a difference more? How can there be more fruit in my life? One word, surrender. That's it. That's it. That's it. it. That's it. One word is the word surrender. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Imagine I walk up to you and I give you a blank check. And I've signed that blank check. I put your name on it. I've said, here you go. Do whatever you want with it. Now, now full disclosure, a blank check from me will get you a happy meal. Okay? So let me just, let me raise the stakes. Let me raise the stakes. Imagine that Bill Gates walks up to you and gives you a blank check. He signed it, he's put your name on it, and he said, as much as you want, you put it down, it's yours, I got it. Do whatever you want. That would be a pretty cool day, wouldn't it? Now, let me ask you this. Imagine if you went to God and said, God, here is the blank check of my life. Do whatever you want with it. 
God, here it is. Do whatever you want. What if you gave God, summit, summit, let me ask you. What if you gave God the blank check of your life? No, no contingencies, no restrictions. You just went to him and said, God, it is all yours. Here, it is all yours. What if you gave God, what if you fully surrender and you do it every day, but what if you gave God the blank check of your life? See, most people are afraid to do that because they're convinced that if they gave God the blank check of their life, then the next thing God would tell them to do is get on a plane, move to Africa, and live in a hut. And you need to know God could do that. That ain't outside of his wheelhouse. That's not. That's not outside of his wheelhouse. He could do that. But do you know what he will more than likely say? Great, I want you to stay where you are, and I want you to serve like never before. I want you to serve people. I want you to love people, and I want you to love me. And as you surrender to me more and more, I will use you to change your world. That's probably what he's going to say. So many times, Mark, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what I'm going to lose if I surrender to God like that. No, 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 no. You need to think about what you'll gain if you surrender to God like that. See, the opposite of fear is faith. You need to think about what you're, what you're going to gain if you surrender to God like that. Because remember, John 15, 11, Jesus said, I have said these things that your joy may be full. You know what you'll get when you give God the blank check of your life? Joy, freedom, peace, but more importantly, you will get him. So what is stopping you from giving him the blank check? Because you need to know that you've got a Savior in heaven who gave the blank check to his heavenly Father for you. He did. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus said, God, I know everything that's about to happen to me. I am scared out of my mind. I wish there was another way. But here is the blank check. And there you sit. A child of the king. Why? Because your king gave his father the blank check. What if you gave your heavenly father the blank check? I'll ask you two questions and then we're done. Here's the first question. Is there anything in your life that shows you are connected to Jesus Christ? And if there is, man, thank him. You don't have to do it right here today, but you need to, right here, but you gotta get on your knees at some point today and say, God, thank you that I am alive. You got to today, man. Is there anything in your life that shows you're connected to Jesus? If not, if not, I'm about to give you an opportunity to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not an opportunity for you to make better decisions. It's not an opportunity uh, for you to align yourself with a political party. It's not an opportunity even for you to say, I'll go to church until Jesus comes back or I die. It's an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. You died for sinners. Here I am. Don't let anything get in the way of you doing that if you need Jesus Christ to save you today. Number two, number two, what if you gave God the blank check of your life? God, I'm gonna surrender my desires to you. Surrender my time to you. Surrender my goals and my future. Surrender my family. God, I surrender all to you today. Would you pray with me? I just want to give a moment of silence there. Just nobody saying anything. I want you to think about those two questions for a second.
God, we just, as we just think about those two questions, those are massive. And Jesus, I pray right here in this place right now, I just pray for clarity. God, I pray that we'd be able to, to really cut through everything. And Jesus, if there's people here today and there's nothing in their life, there's no fruit at all, there's no evidence at all that they are alive spiritually, there's nothing in their life that would show that they are connected to you, God, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. God, I pray for believers today to give the blank check to you. Say, God, here it is. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And whatever you want me to say, I'll say I'll say it. Because God, here's the blank check. Jesus, you gave the blank check for me. I'm giving the blank check for you. You know, right now, I think our band went backstage. Let me get, hey, let me get to some of our band back out here. If Ricky and John can come out here, I didn't ask them to do this. If they're backstage, I don't know if they are or not. If the band could come out on stage here for just a second, I want them to lead us in something. Tim, you might want to, Tim, can you see if the band's back there? Go get, go get the guys there, man. I want, I want us to do something this morning. I want to give you an opportunity, and if not, then Tim's going to come back out. But here's what, you know what? Every single week, every week, every single week, I say, hey, if you did this, one count to three, raise your hand. Hey, if you did this, one count to three, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to remember what you did today. I want you to remember what, what you did today. So here in just a second, uh, and they might not, I don't care if they're coming or not. I'm still gonna do what I'm gonna do right now. Let's all stand up. I'd love for John and Rick to sing How Great Thou Art Again. If they can, I'd love for you guys, John, John and Ricky, I'd love for you guys to lead everybody in how great thou art. Because here's what I want to do. Hey, if today, if today you want to give Jesus the blank check, I want you to come up here. And I would, I would love to shake your hand today and just pray with you about it. You, can, you don't have to talk to me, though. Just come up here and say, God, I'm, I'm in. God, I'm in. I want you to make a move today. Yeah, you could do it in your seat, but I want you to make a move. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I would love to meet you today. I would, love to, I would love for you to cut up out of your seat, come down here, let's shake hands, and let's pray together and celebrate the fact that today you're meeting Jesus for the very first time. So you want to give God the blank check? You come on. You want to begin a relationship with Jesus? Come up here. I would love to meet you. Let's just let God have his way for about two, three more minutes before we leave. Can we do that, church? I want you to sing this song, and you respond. Let's go right now. Come on. You want to give Jesus the blank check? You come up here. Just get on your knees. Say, Jesus, I'm in. Blank check. Blank check. You need, you need to be saved today? You come up here right now. Just come on. Come on. People are moving. Let's go. Come on. When I in awesome wonder, consider all the world I hand and made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed Don't wait. Hey, let's go. If you want to come up front, say, Jesus, blank check. I'm in. Come on, right now. Just come. Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou People are coming. You come if you need to. Come on. Come on. How great Thou art. 
I think that God is son not sparing sin him to die I scarce can take it in that on that cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my Savior God how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim my God, how great Thou art. Let's all worship. Sing this out. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, how great thou art, how great thou art, how great thou art, how great thou art. Let's do this. Let's all pray. Let's all pray. Jesus, right now, we just, we just give you that blank check. Say that whatever you want, wherever and whatever, God, whatever it is. God, we want it because we want more of you. And God, that is a dangerous prayer to pray because you love to, you love to answer that prayer. But God, it's the safest prayer to pray because you love to answer that prayer to take us out of our comfort zone into the place where, God, we have got to depend on you. And so, God, I pray that you would just do a work in this church, do a work in families and in our lives, God, where we would say, whatever and wherever I'm in, the blank check. And God, I pray that as we leave here in just a moment, that, that question, God, of is there anything in my life that shows I'm connected to Him? Is there any point, I mean any point, the smallest of points that I could point to and say, man, that is fruit right there. God, if there is, we thank you for life. We thank you for salvation. But God, if not, if, if, if there's somebody here today and they say, you know what, I don't think that I'm safe. The great news is that Jesus, you are always ready. The invitation is always open for anyone to come at any time and receive you as their Lord and as their Savior. It doesn't close here. It's always open. So God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for worship. God, I thank you that you are here and you're with us as we go. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, it was good to be here today, wasn't it? Man, I, I loved it. Hey, really quick, 
Really quick, before you go, bring up that last slide there with the number. You know, so many times what happens is maybe you're here and you just, you know, didn't want, didn't make a move publicly. I would love to know what God did in your life today. You can text that number right there. If you text the word Jesus to 606-268-3633, man, we'll respond to you. We just love to know what God did in your life. Hey, listen, first and second time guests, let's connect at the welcome table. And I want to invite you back Wednesday at 630 for Encounter Night. See you there. You guys are dismissed.